Bell. Good afternoon, I guess, at this point, everybody. I haven't been here in a little bit. I got a new job working at a company called Plastipac up there in Pineville. So I'm working nights there, and it's shift work. So sometimes I'm working Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and sometimes I'm just working Wednesday, Thursday. So my life is a blur right now because I'm either sleeping through the days or being awake through the nights. It's it's a lot. Uh, it is. It, it's it's not fun. But the good news is God has sustained me through all of it, uh, through every trial and tribulation. He's been there by my side through all of my own screw ups, through all of my own situations. You know, things that have happened to me or things I've done to myself. He's been there with me through it all. Uh, and the biggest part of Christ being with me is the body of Christ. It's it's my fellow believers that are around me. Those those are the things that build us up. Those are the things that keep us together. If you ever played in a team sport or anything of that nature, if you ever worked on a really close-knit team together at work, you know how important it is to be on the same page. If you're not on the same page, things get twisted really quick. The same thing can happen in a marriage. Whenever you and your partner don't aren't on the same wavelength, it can cause a lot of tension and a lot of trouble. So communication talking those things through and having the same goal and the same mindset is incredibly important. And when we look in the book of 1 Corinthians, specifically in the first chapter, uh, let's see, let me get it pulled up. That will be right, it will be starting in verse uh, 10. We're going to be talking about how Paul acknowledged that and his prescription for that issue, essentially. Uh, the church in Corinthians, they did have some misplaced allegiances. They, there is nothing wrong with loving and supporting a man of God at all. We are called, just like we talked about today, we're called to support and love our pastor. Our pastor is called to support and love us. We're called to hold each other accountable and fulfill our roles within the ministry. But I must always remember that my pastor is a man. And what are human beings? We are fallible. We make mistakes. We fail each other constantly. My father has failed me, and I have failed my father many times. This is just a fact of life. And it, it becomes very easy to prop up a church or a person or a certain message and make that the most important thing. So we're going to read here, uh, starting in verse 10. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians, and he says, Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brothers and sisters, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now, I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am with Paul, or I am with Apollos, or I am with Cephas, or I am, or I am with Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? We're going to pause there. He goes on to list some of the people they baptized, and he's that's a very specific thing to them. But we often find ourselves, not just in our own church relationships, but in our own personal relationships, picking sides whenever we should be cooperating together as the body of Christ, as a body of believers. I love my, my pastor. I love Brother Scott. He's a blessing that came to our church. 
He is amazing. Sometimes he is wrong. Sometimes he is. My dad is honestly the best dad I could have ever asked for, in all sincerity. He has made some horrible decisions in his life. I like to think I'm a pretty good son sometimes, but I'm as rotten as the rest of them. I never want anyone to look to me and say, well, Ethan led me to Christ, so I'm with Ethan. I don't want anyone to look at Brother Scott and say, Brother Scott led me to Christ, so wherever he goes, I'm going to go there. Christ led you to himself. Christ brought you to him. And we are called to be one body, are we not? What good is it if the hand starts fighting the foot? What good is it if I start tripping myself with my own two feet? I'm not going to get anywhere. Whenever the body starts to rebel against itself, it, that body will not survive unless something is done to fix it. Now, I want to pinpoint something. Whenever Paul says, I urge you, brethren, brothers and sisters, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, agree and let there be no divisions among you. We need to be very clear on what Paul is saying here. He's not talking about agreeing on the best food to have at the potluck. He's not talking about agreeing on the best color carpet to put in the sanctuary. He's not talking about the, he's talking about we need to agree on the fundamentals of what this relationship with Christ is and what it entails. We need to agree on the true and glorious salvation granted by Jesus Christ. And where we go from there. We need to agree on what is our role as the church. As the body of Christ. Paul and, and the Holy Spirit through Paul is not telling us that we all need to be walking in the exact same step. Wearing the exact same clothes at each other looking like clones. He's not saying that but we need to be of one heart and one mind. So what does that look like in our day to day lives? What does it look like to be of one heart and one mind as fellow believers not divided? Number one, that means remembering who we are to love. Who are we to love, church? One another, first and foremost, because how else will the world know that we are Christians except by our love for one another? We must love one another. That means even your brother or sister in Christ that irritates you or annoys you or does whatever, whenever the time comes and they have need, whenever the time comes and you can give them something that they require, excuse me, you give it to them. Whenever someone needs prayer, yeah, that's exactly right. Whenever someone needs prayer, you pray with them and you seek the face of God with them. You intercede on their behalf whenever they have horrible things coming their way. That's what it means to be divided because it's, it's very easy to fall into, well, you know, I like the way that Brother Scott preaches, but I think my dad teaches better. So... I'm going to support my, I'm going to support Brother Scott whenever he preaches, whenever he teaches, I I'm not going to show up. I don't want to be there. And my dad's an awesome teacher, so I'll go to all his classes. But when he preaches, I, you know, I don't know if I want to be there. Is that truly the body working together? No, because the beautiful thing is it's the same spirit working through both of them in both of those ministries, no matter which role they're fulfilling. The same spirit that dwells within me dwells within all of you if you are born again believers following after Christ. It's, it's beautiful. It, there, there's no room for division. We allow our flesh to stand in the way of so much progress that God wants to make in our own individual lives. We allow ourselves to grow roots of bitterness. There's a reason that Paul is addressing this first in the letter. 
There are many other things that Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians, many other things. But this was the first thing. There's a reason. There, there's a very important reason. Whenever you, whenever you write a letter to somebody, and it's an important letter. I remember whenever uh, me and my wife were still dating, and I would write her letters every once in a while and send them to her. I would always start off with the most important thing in it, whether it be I love you or, you know, I've been thinking about this and praying about this, and you really helped minister to me in this way, so on and so forth. And then the rest of it was kind of fluff along the way. Uh, in the same way that whenever I write to or whenever I send a text or an email or something at work, um, I am very the important thing is first. All pleasantries are at the end. The important thing is, hey, this is Ethan. Here's the problem that we're facing. Best wishes. And it's sent. There's a reason that he put this at the beginning of the letter. If you want to destroy a body of believers and cast them asunder, it starts with these roots of bitterness and these quarrels. It starts with this worrying about, well, I believe that this man was right. And I believe that this man was right. And then you cause a division amongst the body. And a house divided against itself cannot stand. It's not possible. It won't last. We are here to withstand the attacks of the enemy and spread the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Buried and resurrected and coming again. That is the forefront. It is We are not here to spread the, well, I need to make sure I spread the Pentecostal gospel or the Baptist gospel or the Free Methodist gospel. You are here to spread the gospel first and foremost. And where do you find that? You don't find it from the lips of man, but from the words of God. You find it from the words of God. Anything that I say, as beneficial as it may or may not be, if it is not backed up and supported by Scripture, you should throw it out. Get rid of it. It's not needed. The things I tell you today, if you cannot find them in Scripture, don't listen to me. Or if you find something in Scripture that contradicts it, throw it out. Because the only thing that matters is that the kingdom of God is moved forward through the teaching and preaching of the Word and the witnessing to individuals. Because as you all know, everyone needs Jesus. We all do. We didn't stop needing them whenever we got saved. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we're perfect, peace-loving individuals who never cause any problems and everything's fine. We like to paint ourselves like that. Well, I've, I've been saved. Things are going good. I got this figured out. We don't. We still have every ounce of ability to cause harm and bitterness and hatred and malice and to spread lies as an unbeliever does. The only difference is now we have a Holy Spirit that if we don't quench it, if we listen to the Spirit, if we continually feed into it, it will guide and direct our path. But sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. I'm not here to tell you that that's an okay thing and don't worry about it. It is a problem. But everyone has that problem. And it is our responsibility as believers, whenever those things happen or those quarrels come up, number one, pray and seek out the word of God. Pray, Lord, is this, is this your will? What is happening here? Is there, is there a division coming um, a, you know, amidst me and my fellow believers? Is this Satan trying to divide your body? Lord, if so, write whatever is wrong, whether it be me or my brother or sister. And then seek out the word of God and find, and find the truth. 
Because this is a book of amazing truth and salvation. And it has all the wisdom you need to navigate the spiritual life contained within it. If there's a problem that you're facing, someone in this book has faced it. Somebody in this book has faced it, big or small. It does not matter. Do you have a love and a greed of money? We have plenty of examples of individuals who won that battle and lost that battle. We see that. Do you have an issue with hatred in your heart or anger or aggression? Look at Peter. Peter was an aggressive individual. He cut off a man's ear and Christ told him not to. And then Christ had to heal the man and rebuke him. Like that, whatever your sin struggle is, it is represented in this book in the Old and New Testament. The greatest biblical heroes that ever rose up had problems. King David, a man after God's own heart, committed murder and adultery at pretty much the exact same time. And you could also argue it was a greedy action they did because he wanted something of another. So he's also covetous. And he also didn't honor God in it. So we. We've already failed all the commandments just through the few steps. Once you fail the first, you failed them all. And yet, Christ still restored him. So the second thing is, whenever you are in a battle for the body of Christ, don't cut off the member because it's caused you offense in that moment. God can heal anything. Things that mankind could never heal. The things that whenever we look at it, if you, if you went to a hospital and you had necrosis in your foot, right? We all know what necrosis is, the, the blood vessels, the air is feeding away, and your, your foot is fading away. It's going away. Go to an earthly doctor, and they're going to tell you, well, we have to cut that off. That is dead. It's no good. It's not of any use anymore. Our Heavenly Father sees those things that were dead and brings them to life. He sees those things that the world could do nothing with and breathes life into them, not just life, but life more abundantly. We cannot completely remove a brother or sister in Christ because of one offense. And even if we must distance ourselves because they continue to sin, brother Ethan, they're, they're habitually in sin, they're causing me wrong day in and day out, we're called to pray for our enemies. We're especially called to pray for our brothers and sisters. So if there was ever any ounce of truth in them, it is your responsibility, believer, to at the bare minimum pray for that person and pray that God would change their heart and right their path and direct them back to Him. So that way the body can be whole. So the body can be whole. Because the body can function missing many many of its abilities. But how much greater is a body whenever it's in its prime state, whenever it has everything it needs? I could live my life without my left hand. I don't want to, but I could. I could, I could do it, because people do it every day. But I'm much more effective with both of my hands. And... I would do anything I could to keep my hand if I had the option because I know how important it is to have that member of my body. We should have that same level of importance placed on our fellow believers and we're praying for them and ministering to them, which also makes sure that we ourselves are not come, becoming necrotic. We have to check our own hearts. We can spend a lot of time looking at others, but the third thing is are we causing division that is unnecessary in ourselves? Are there some things that we look at and we think that they're the biggest mountain on earth and really they're a molehill? 
are there some things that we look at and we say, you know, uh, sister so-and-so claims to be a Christian, but can you believe that she did insert here? Or can you believe that she thinks that God will forgive the insert here? Well, I love her to death, but she identifies as this denomination. I just don't know. I don't know if she's saved or not. Let's look at ourselves. Let's, let's honestly look at ourselves. Let's look at our theology because I, the second that the realization hit me of what the thief on the cross actually, like what actually happened there, all concept of denomination went out the window for me. I, we are non-denominational. That's where we are. I lean more towards, I guess you would say, traditional Baptist views in some ways. But in that same vein, I'm never going to say, well, so-and-so, you know, they don't uphold this view or this view, so they can't be saved. Never a man who never attended, as far as we know, never attended any of his teachings. And if he did, it didn't have much effect in that moment because he still went on to steal. And then he was crucified on a cross. And then he simply asked for forgiveness from our Heavenly Father, from Christ on the cross. Never baptized, never spoke in tongues. Never went through a 12-step program. None of that. Never attended a Bible study. And as long as you believe what our Lord and Savior Christ says, he told him, truly, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in heaven. That is that. We need to set these small, petty things aside and focus on the greater goal, which is the fact that there are individuals in this nursing home who do not know the Lord. I don't know them. And there's no telling how long they do or don't have. There is no telling. What a tragic thing to survive this long in life and not know who the Savior is and all this be for nothing. What is the purpose of this life other than to reach Christ and reach others with Christ? You can build up everything in the world. It means absolutely nothing. If you don't have Christ. We're allowing divisions in our own selves and our own body to separate us from the goal that Christ has at hand. I cannot run a race if my left leg won't move. I can hobble along, but I'll probably fall because my balance is horrible. There's nothing I can do there. But whenever my body is functioning properly, I may not be the fastest runner in the race, but I can run that race. With some of the things I have to do at my job, I need both of my hands to where I can work on things and mess with stuff. If I only have one hand, I can attempt, but I'm going to have to have someone else come along the way to help me, and my body is not functioning properly in that role. I need both of my hands. We need to stop crippling ourselves as the body and work together as the body of Christ. Now, does that mean that everyone who says that they're a Christian is a Christian? No, it does not. We know that as well. We can tell by the fruit that individuals bear. We need to make sure the fruit that you're looking at is truly biblical fruit, not just you nitpicking on what you like and what you don't like. You need to make sure whatever you're bearing, you back it up with, with true biblical background. And th this is the last thing I'll share on that. At my work, there's a series of tests. I work in quality control. I look at the bottles that are made and I tell you if they're good or bad. And then I go out and help them fix things if they're broken. That's, that's the gist of my job. I have a checklist where I can look at a bottle and I can say, okay, what's the specific issue happening right now? 
and I can say, okay, the labels on the bottles have blisters on them. So I can type it up. I can pull everything up and it'll tell me how bad the problem is and if it really is an issue or not or if it can go across the street. I get in trouble if I put things on hold or stop things that are not on that list because it's not up to my standard. It's up to the standard of those who are above me. It's not up to me to decide if it's a good bottle or not. It's up to me. It's, it's up to the people who are above me to tell me what's good and for me to enforce that and pursue it. That is what I'm required to do. And that is what we are required to do as fellow believers. That is what we must do. So please, if you love God and if you love Christ, I believe you do. Set aside those things that are so small and unite as the body of believers. Unite. Just because an individual has heard the gospel their entire lives and grew up in church and still doesn't know who God is, does not mean that now is not the time for them to be reached. Doesn't. Doesn't at all. You can live a whole life and finally come to know who Christ is at the very end of it. It's just as effective for, sal for salvific purposes as a whole life lived from the time of five. We should be reaching those who need him the most. I love y'all. I'm so grateful I got to come back here. I pray, I pray, I pray that as they, un, under the new ownership and everything that's going on, that they straighten out to where you guys get a Sunday service every Sunday. And I encourage y'all to go to every service that's here. Go to every service that's here. Don't, don't, doesn't matter what name is on the church or isn't. Come in, listen, discern with the spirit that's in you and with the word of God that you have access to. If you don't have Bibles, let us know. We will get you Bibles because everybody deserves a Bible. Everyone deserves the ability to feed themselves and discern and take those things which are God and hold them dear and those things which are not, spew them out. But come every time that you gather together, you, I, I don't know your personal relationships. I don't know how many of you are friends and how many of you consider yourselves enemies. I don't know. What I do know is you are the body of this nursing home right now. You're the body of Oak Haven because you're all gathered together here to listen to the word of God. Act like the body with each other. Love one another, pray for one another, and minister to one another. And when one is weak, Help them. Direct them in a godly manner. Whenever you find yourself slipping or in a bad spot and someone corrects you in a loving way and comes on, be humble. Be humble and accept, yep, yeah, I was wrong for that. Thank you. And then pray and come together. Even if you can't do it in that moment, come back later and make things right. Reconcile with your brother or sister in Christ and carry forward. These are the commandments of the Lord. This is what he has called us to do. To love one another and further the kingdom. And we cannot do that divided against each other. Because we're not building the kingdom of Ethan or the kingdom of Scott or the kingdom of Matt. We're building the kingdom of heaven. That's all for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray really quick and dismiss us. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for allowing us to minister to you. Thank you for letting me to minister. It, it means a lot. And just thank y'all. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time to gather together. Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy. And Lord, we, we thank you that you, you gave us this group of believers, Lord, to minister to.
and Lord, to minister to us as well. Lord, I pray that as we leave from here, Lord, that you would strengthen the bonds that are here, Lord. And if there's any roots of bitterness, Lord, if there's any animosity, Lord, I pray that you would just uproot those, uproot those things, Lord. Lord, continue to further the love of God in their hearts and in their minds. And Lord, continue, Lord, just continue in growth. Lord, we never stop growing. Continue conforming us to your image. Lord, watch over everyone in here, Lord. Let them be treated properly. Let them be loved as they should be. Lord, let them be fed. Let them be around individuals that, that pour the gospel into them and that show them your love. I pray all this in your heavenly name. Amen.